All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. I'm your host, Matt Hines. Excited to be here with you as we boy, finish up August and start uh, a new month. Labor Day is right around the corner as we record this. Uh, also means college football is back, which I'm very excited about. We're getting back into a tense, uh, intent event season, Jennifer. We got Saster. We got Salesforce. We got Inbound. We got Pavilion. We got a bunch of great events coming up, um, but excited to have you all here. If you are listening to or watching this episode live, we're really excited that you're here. You can be part of the show uh, on YouTube, on LinkedIn. If you make a comment, we will see that. We can address that. We can feature that on the show. So look forward to having many of you be part of this show here today. If you are listening to this or watching it on demand, thank you very much for subscribing, uh, for downloading. Uh, We are somewhere around episode 365 of Sales Pipeline over the years, and you can find every episode, past, present, and future, up at salespipelineradio.com. Today, I want to talk about intent signals and a broader definition of what I think intent signals mean and how they can be used, and couldn't think of anyone better than to bring on Jennifer Ross. She is the CMO of Intensify. If you know that name and you're in B2B, you may have recognized her from many years at Serious Decisions and Forrester, Um, and excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm so happy to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. This is a, a great topic and, of course, near and dear to my heart. I expected so. Uh, so that's why I wanted to have you to bring you on for this. I think, you know, everyone's looking for buying signals. And I think when yeah. we think about intent signals, sometimes we think about intent to buy and think of those things, to me, a little too closely related. How do you define an intent signal and what should that mean for B2B uh, buyers and sellers? That's a great question, Matt, and it's something that we even talk about internally at Intensify. At its most basic level, intent data is information collected about a web user's content consumption activities and their research behaviors. So it can directionally point to or correlate to what you might say would be buying behaviors, but you're you're really looking at their, their footprint, if you will. So with this info, B2B teams, go-to-market teams, they can gain a ton of understanding and create greater efficiencies with their go-to-market motions by looking at which companies may seem most likely to buy based Mm -hmm. on those behaviors so they can effectively allocate resources to the right accounts. The thing that they can also see is what is it seeming that these companies these accounts care most about because if we know that we can select the right messages and content to engage them further in their in their in their efforts and then the last thing i would say is the the how right the the so there's the who's looking the what are mm-hmm. they looking at and the how where do we think based on those research and content consumption behaviors might point to where they could be in a buying journey so you can deliver the right messages the right way at the right time and although those kind of are generally easily understood you ask the right question right because intent data can also get complicated quickly um lots of different types lots of different derivation methods scoring models um and so on and so forth so we're uh we're in line with the way that you are thinking about it they're correlated and parallel but they're not one and the same thing well, I think if you can, if you take all those different signals and you treat them all as buying signals, the majority of the time you may be pushing a prospect faster than they're ready to go, right? Um, they may ultimately have an acute need you can solve, but 
the signal you're looking for may be something around education that they're doing. It may be around sort of the fact that a problem is um, is, 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 is a problem is becoming prescient enough where you've seen this movie before, you know where it's going, but the prospect isn't there yet. I know we're all in a hurry to sell. We're all in a hurry for our BDRs to set appointments, but talk a little bit about dis discipline and patience and the importance of some of those early and mid journey uh, signals and how to best leverage those. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll start off first kind of going back to, um, when you're using intent and you're and you're moving too quickly the way that you described, Matt, mm -hmm. you also could be getting false positives when you're yes. looking at keywords and topics. Um, so one of the things, um, shameless plug, but it's, it, it fits into this, what we're talking about. One of the things that Intensify does differently is we actually introduce beyond the keywords and business topics a next generation intent derivation method that says that's actually not enough, right? We're we're going to look at your content, your web pages, the things that you say your organization does. What mm -hmm. problems do you solve? How does your solution solve it? And factor that in as well, so that you're actually getting a closer match to not just that broad keyword or topic, but you're getting a closer match to people who are generally interested in solutions that you can provide. Yeah. And we also think about, again, the different stages right now, even internally, you can imagine a big thing for us is drink our own champagne, right? Anybody that's in B2B tech selling to other B2B marketers or salespeople, mm -hmm. we've got to demonstrate that we're doing this internally. And so we've recently implemented the um, Forrester's latest revenue waterfall mm -hmm. that looks at opportunities, buying groups, multiple opportunities on an account, but how intent can also inform how they move from stage to stage, which yeah. gets at where you were headed to of, you know, treat them that just like the old days when you looked at an individual and an MQL coming in the top, you wouldn't treat them the same way all yeah. the way through. Yeah. So now you've just got better data and more insights with intent to really mm -hmm. think about the next best action based on where they are and helping to offer up things that are going to help them move to the next stage. Well, I think what's sometimes an unpopular opinion in companies that have sort of a bit of a, a sort of impatience is that three steps are faster than one, right? Where like we see something and we want to fast forward the story. We want to move them more quickly to where we think we believe they need to go. Your prospect may not be at that speed. And if you push them too fast, that creates artificial friction. I think also talk about the fact that an intense signal doesn't mean the same to every individual in the organization. When we think about the buying committee, people with different roles, different perspectives, different needs, a company intent signal may need to be translated and communicated in a different way to different people to help yeah. them each reach consensus on a commitment to change. Talk a little bit about how to do that. Yeah, that so that, you know, good point. And probably we should talk a little bit about, because I may, may have different audiences listening in today, different types of intent data. Um, we know most people are using some form of intent, but it's probably good to just level set on when we think about intent data, we've got um, party type and source type. So we've got third party data, which is the broadest set available um, and the best source for early interest signals. 
You've got second party data, which is great for late stage signals and use cases. Coverage is a bit more limited. And then you've got first party data, great for early and late, but also limited coverage. And it's important to note that each source type comes with its own strengths and weaknesses. They're all very complementary. It's best to use at least one source from one party type to get the coverage breadth and insight depth that you need. Um, so so a, a basic understanding of what we even mean by intent data and all the different types of intent data that can come into play are important for you when you're thinking about um, how you're going to utilize it and leverage it in your own situation. That's right. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Jennifer Rosh. She's the CMO of Intensify. Um, and really like this comment from uh, from Dennis here talking about, so you can have this information, but how you divulge that to a client or a prospect needs some nuance. Like you may see that someone was on your buying page and you don't want to call them or email this afternoon and say, I saw you are on our buying page, right? So, you know, is how do you sort of teach an organization to create, to, to do the art and the science? Right, to take the data, to implement the data, but to be careful and thoughtful about yeah. how that is communicated, implemented. I so that's a that's a great point, and I would say that isn't specific to just intent data. The way that we're talking about it today, in general, we all have to mm -hmm. be careful. There's that line that you can easily cross. That I, I get emails like that every day of, "Ooh, that's creepy." or you know bdrs now doing text messages i mean things are changing and they're trying all different kinds of channels and tactics so the way that intent can help play a role there is if we go back to talking about um when you're looking at intent and you're looking at potentially multiple sources and in what content has been consumed and you're drawing that correlation to where we think they are in their buying, buying decision-making process and what we know about them. It, at Intensify, we bucket those into tiers. So again, we're not saying it is where they are in their buying journey. We're saying this is the resource research stage we believe they're at, which you can correlate potentially to, oh, a lot of this is they're doing education, they're doing this. So mm -hmm. there's the, if you have that kind of tiering and level based on research stages that you can correlate to where they are in their buying journey, you can be more thoughtful and planful about the next action, the next, next piece of content you're going to send, what you're going to say in that outreach message from your BDR team. So that's the way we have our team internally working is looking holistically. They have a dashboard they go into every day before they do any action, they're factoring in the intent score aggregate level, but they're looking more granularly at the actual assets and the, that tiering model. Simo, I feel bad for you because uh, StreamYard, the tool we use is, is calling you LinkedIn user and you're a real person with a real name and picture. But these are the questions that I think you're kind of addressing here, Jennifer, sort of just the right journey to each prospect and sort of stack ranking some of the data that, yeah. that is used in that journey. I want to talk a little bit about activating this. Uh, is this a marketing job? Is sales involved in doing this? Is this sort of a sales enablement function? How do you start to activate? Like, even if you decide, okay, like here's the message of these type of workflows and people in the buying journey, how is this yeah. activated and deployed across an operational team? 
Love that question. Um, and for those marketers that are familiar with and are using or know the concept of the demand waterfall, that's that's a bit where I started in thinking about all the different ways that we could leverage intent across the organization. Before you're even anything comes into the waterfall, intent can be used to help identify your target account list, prioritize your target account list, expand your ICP, right? We may think we know who our target account list, who should be on it. Are there lookalikes? Are there companies that we're missing that are interested in the same things? It can be activated via digital programs. So for example, you've got intent providers like Intensify. You know, there's different kinds of intent providers. You've got data providers that are focused on selling the data alone. You've got ABM platforms that usually license that as part of a broader platform. You've got campaign execution where they focus on activating that intent through things like content syndication, display advertising. And then you've got some what Forrester calls walled gardens. So mainly in the realm of second party data sources with you know pricing based on access to a private community. But so you can drive top of all, you can do intent fuel display advertising that can be used for creating awareness that feeds into intent fueled content syndication you can use the display advertising in the back end of something like content syndication um, for nurture we use it as i touched on earlier of okay now we've got some engagement and some interest that was informed by our intent in fact we decided where to spend marketing dollars based yeah. on the accounts that were showing in market used those types of engagement activities. And then now we've got them flowing into a BDR team that again, uses that intent intelligence and those intent scores to prioritize who they're gonna follow up with, how they're gonna follow up, what we would offer as the next step. Um, so we're, we're using it for, for all of those things. It, it feels it, like, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'll, I'll say one more thing yeah. that wasn't in the question, but you know, how do you activate mm -hmm. it? So those are kind of like some tactics for activating it. But the, the beauty of in the, the intent data and the intelligence you can get from that is we all know, we've, we've always said, right, it's success depends on marketing sales alignment. Well, now that's even a greater challenge in organizations. It's marketing, mm -hmm. it's sales, it's customer success, it's the product. Mm -hmm. And the intent intelligence really can become the backbone or the foundation for driving that kind of alignment because we're all looking at the same dashboard and at the same information of what's going on in that account yeah. um, and acting, taking action in unison, you know, together in a unified way. Running up on um, last question or two here for Jennifer Ross, our guest today on Sales Pipeline Radio. It seems to me that, I mean, just in this course of this conversation that, you know, data and intelligence is almost replacing media as the coin of the realm and a differentiator for marketers, right? Where it's not just all about sort of like reaching people on search and in digital channels in a, in a one-to-many way, but the intelligence that is around us that is available to us today allows us to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation almost infinitely at scale. And so an investment in those tools in that technology allows for better, more precise conversations, doesn't eliminate media from your mix, but how should marketers be thinking about, I mean, look, it's already September, we're thinking about 2024 already. How should marketers be thinking about budget mix uh, yeah. in this age of vastly greater information available? 
Yeah, they should be. You're spot on where we are coming up right into that season. And we all use nothing. We all say marketing's data-driven. and We can't do that without data. So anytime we get into conversations about what's the best strategy, what are the best channels, what are the best tactics, that can vary greatly depending on the organization, depending on the audience you're going after. But one thing that doesn't vary is to do it efficiently and effectively, you need the right information. You need to understand what your audiences need mm -hmm. uh, or where they're going for that information. And um, sometimes when you're thinking about also budgeting for something like, well, we need to invest in intent data, mm -hmm. it tends to be pigeonholed into one bucket like oh okay i gotta increase my demand bucket we're gonna do content syndication but if you think about it holistically it's full funnel mm -hmm. so think about things like cross-selling and upselling intent data can reveal a customer's intent to explore additional products and features and that information empowers sales reps to present relevant cross-selling and upselling opportunities mm -hmm. competitor insights do we know if they're suddenly looking, could be our existing mm -hmm. customers. Do we know if they're suddenly searching on our competitors? What we know from having done our own research is everyone knows that intent data, it seems that the vast majority of sales and marketers know intent data is table stakes. But what we see is, but they're not leveraging it across mm -hmm. all of these use cases. So they may, from a, from a how do I build the business case for my budget? They may not have the strongest story for that because they're missing opportunities to use it across all of these different use cases. I'm really, really glad you brought that up. I know we're almost out of time here, but like if you're not thinking about intense signal usage across your customer base, um, you're missing an opportunity to find buying signals for additional products and services. You're missing warning signs, as you just mentioned, of them surging, looking at a competitor's site. They may just be getting, yeah. you know, educational materials. That may be a sign that they're not satisfied, right? So, I mean, every intent, and if you think about, like, you know, we've been thinking more recently about customer-led growth quite a bit. We've got Julie Persofsky from uh, Winning by Design, who's done a ton of great work in this space coming up in a couple of episodes. And this, this idea of thinking about that user committee, that customer committee, as yeah. at least the same complexity, if not more complexity than the buying committee, and thinking about stages and needs and signals, huge, huge opportunity. So, um Jennifer, like for people that are by that, that are sort of nodding their heads, this sounds great. Where else can people look? Where can they learn? I know there's a lot of great information on intensify.com, but where else can people learn and sort of get started on this oh, journey? So many great places. I mean, always and uh, you know, coming from the likes of a serious decisions and then Forrester, I would say anytime you're looking at something that's a, a new or emerging category, they've got great information about the different types of intent providers, how they differ. Again, I would say you know, go to go to community sites for there's lots of great blogs out there about different types of understanding the different types of intent, um, why you might want to consider more than one source of intent. Um, and there's there's a plethora of places that you can go. But I always start with some great blogs from marketing communities like AMA, Marketing Profs, you know, almost mm -hmm. anywhere you go, um, you will find information on different use cases. Uh, just like today, we're all searching everything AI, generative AI, AI. Well, intent 
you know, what we're, what we're doing at a company like Intensify, it's AI fueled. I mean, that ability to identify the research that's being consumed to map it to your company's offerings, it's, it's AI, it's natural language processing, it's the latest in AI technologies, and there's tons out there on, on, on those topics as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, definitely encourage folks to go to intensify.io, look at the media library. There's some really good educational content up there. Um, just if you're sort of getting up to speed, um, Forrester's done some reports on data providers that are worth looking at. And to Jennifer's point, some great communities, Pavilion, Rev Genius, really great. Yeah. Just like go to Rev Genius, sign up for their stuff and, and just do a search for intense signals or signals and you're going to find practitioners that are deep into this already you can learn from. Well, Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. This was a lot of fun. It always goes fast, um, but it's good to see you again. Great to see you on the road a little more often these days. And uh, yeah, thanks again great, so much for joining great us. Great to see you too. Look forward to passing each other in the hall at the next event. <laughs> we will do so. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. This is another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. We'll see you next week. Take care.